have two guests here with me today that I'd like for you to meet. First is Joe Skeel, Executive Director of the Indiana State Bar Association, and Stephanie Mercado, the CEO of the National Association of Healthcare Quality. I've had the opportunity to work with both of these individuals in their market research, and I would like for you to meet them, and I would like for you to find out why they chose to do market research and how it helped their association. So Joe, I'm gonna start with you. Let's talk about market research and how it has helped you develop strategy for your association. Yeah, uh, happy to share. I think the key for us going into it um, was really trying to figure out, our, our research focused on member value was really just coming up with some concrete data that we could lean on. And really the end result was that it provided us guardrails uh, into the areas that we really needed to focus on and prioritize. Uh, and then the, and then those those pillars more or less became the basis of our, of our strategic plan. So uh, really it gave us guardrails and, and in, in all honesty, it didn't give us a ton of information we didn't already know, but some of it was anecdotal. Some of it was what you know he said, she said, this gave us the data and that was really the key. And I think that confirmation is an important piece of it. And this leads to a follow-up question for you, Joe, and that is how has market research helped your board when it comes to envisioning the future? Yeah, I think the thing that it did more than anything was to cement kind of what they already thought and what they already knew, but it really allowed us to prioritize and push some of the things that came up on the on their survey, you know, maybe secondary or third or fourth most important. It allowed us to put those on the back burner and feel okay about it. So now that they've prioritized the short term, the survey also gave us information about things that members will be looking for and are looking to in the future. So it kind of helped us change our mindset a little bit about um, how far out we need to be looking and what are the types of things that our members are going to be looking for, um, you know, as things evolve. And uh, Stephanie, same question for you. How has market research helped you develop strategy for your association? Uh, thanks, Mary, for asking. And I'm so glad to be here with you today. You know, market research, I think, is a driving force in all of our strategic planning. Um, I happen to represent individuals who work in quality management and quality leadership roles, and they are data-driven by nature. And so they've been really excited and welcoming of all of the market research that we've been able to bring to bear. Um, <clears throat> the way that I think that this has been helpful for us is that it's really provided um, a lot of guidance and structure for our conversations. Um, I remember the days of strategic planning when we used to, um, in, in previous organizations and, and in many, uh, two decades prior, would go into board uh, strategic planning sessions and we would have flip charts and markers and you'd get the board sort of all to you know share their free flowing ideas. And while I think it's good to get sort of the, um, the insights from the leadership, it isn't in and of itself uh, sufficient for directional level planning. So we take the time to get the insights from our leadership and also we constantly scan the environment so that we really have our finger on the pulse of what is going on out there so that we can bring that in um, to a data-driven approach that has really um, been uh, uh, critical as we've advanced the research agenda. And we do that a couple of different ways. Um, certainly we do member market research and also uh, research we've instituted quarterly pulse check surveys with our constituents just to kind of see how they're feeling, what's on their mind, so that we can make sure we're keeping up because a lot is changing on a day-to-day -day basis in healthcare and most certainly um, with quality uh, and especially because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So I like the idea of these pulse checks because it allows you to check in 
on an ongoing basis. Tell us just a little bit more about how those came about, and then I will welcome uh, Jackie Davis into our stream here as well. Go ahead, Stephanie. Um, sure. So uh, COVID-19 hit in March of 2020. That's when it really all came on our radar, obviously, here in the United States. And by um, May and June, we were kind of wondering how our constituents were doing. We were hearing anecdotal stories from the field about what was going on. Um, however, we uh, wanted to validate that with research. So we actually engaged loyalty market research to do a uh, constituents pulse check in the summer. And by July, we were getting back information about how our members, you know, what were they doing? How had their roles and responsibilities changed? Importantly, were they feeling more or less valued as a result of the pandemic and the responsibilities that they were taking on? And so after we did that, we said, wow, wouldn't it be nice to just um, keep pulse on this moving forward? Because it's changing a lot. And so um, we did take a little break from it, but we are reinstituting that this March and plan to do that quarterly um, for you know, some period of time. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Jackie Davis from uh, Loyalty Research Center in Indianapolis. And Jackie, I'm going to turn to you now. Of all the research that you've done for association, what's been most compelling in terms of helping an association innovate and where did it lead? Sure. So, when associations first come to us, a lot of times it's their first time conducting any sort of research on their member database. And this is in this is a resource that you already have at your disposal, and it's an untapped resource that that you have there. So understanding the relationship that associations have with their members, that's one a huge innovative undertaking. Another one that I can think of uh, kind of a, a case study that we have, is we have a long-standing relationship with a realty association. We've been doing research with them for over a decade now. And when we first started doing research with them, they had customer service scores, um, customer services, per, customer service was rated excellent, very good by about 50% of their members. And that is incredibly low, a 50% top two score in customer service is extremely low. We like to see that in the 60s. Over the next three years, they improved their customer service, not just into the 60s, into the 70s, but into the 80s. They really knocked it out of the park. And that had significant impact on their non-dues revenue. It had significant impact on the retention, as well as having an impact on their members' businesses. Their members were able to make more money as a result of all of the, the work that they were putting in. So that that is one compelling story that, that I can think of um, about doing something innovative, making a change um, that had significant impact on the value for both the association and the members. So we, we know there's value in market research. Um, Joe, this is back to you. What were the biggest hurdles you faced, if any, in getting your research started? Yeah, I think there were two. Um, and and I'll, I'm, I'm going to classify one as a hurdle, although it didn't really end up being a hurdle. But it's just the sticker shock of trying to conduct market research. It's the price. And if you're an organization who hasn't conducted research in a while and it's not part of your regular, you know, regular budget cycling, then it's really hard to justify and come up with and carve out this money to do it. And so I think that once we made the decision that it was necessary, there, it actually wasn't a hurdle. Um, we figured out how to do it. The board supported it wholeheartedly. And we've already got a return on our investment. But it's that initial fear of laying out money, not knowing what you're going to get. And then the other hurdle I would say uh, really was internal. 
and that whatever company you hire, they're going to rely on your staff or your team to help provide input. And our staff and our team had never done this before. So when you start trying, you know, talking through, well, what kind of questions do we want to get answered? Our response usually was, well, we just want all the answers, uh, but we don't really know how to get at those necessarily, and which types of questions to ask and whatnot. So, so kind of, you know, training staff as we went along and learning the process from an internal standpoint to kind of drive it. That that was uh, it wasn't something we couldn't overcome, and we obviously did. But that was something I think I didn't anticipate was how hard it would be just to think the right way uh, when you're not used to doing it. Well, and I think that's one of the advantages, actually, of partnering with a professional firm uh, because they have a bank of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I love about Loyalty Research Center is they actually have some benchmarks. So when you get your research results, you'll see how you're doing against all of the other association clients they have. And then you have not only the data from the research, but you have something a stretch goal, maybe if, if the benchmark is 70% of associations are doing this well, and you're only doing it well, you know, in the 50% range, then you've got something uh, much like the Realtor Association that Jackie mentioned, you've got something to focus on or reach for. Uh, Stephanie, how about for you? Were there any obstacles internally? Uh, you already mentioned that your members are very data driven. So I'm, I'm guessing that the the idea of having data was, was actually uh, intriguing to them and beneficial to them, but were there any other obstacles, uh, maybe even overanalyzing the results that came? Yeah, I would say that um, we would fall on the, the, the other uh, end of that category, which is maybe, you know, wanting um, more and more and more information and data to make our decisions. And I think, you know, for us, it was really prioritizing, you know, what is most important here? and um, really trying to figure out how we were going to drive value for our membership. I think another thing that uh, has been really important for us in some conversations that we've had has been about um, you know, how we want to show up in context to all of the other organizations um, that are in a similar space. Um, I think when organizations um, get distracted and try and be like another organization or make sure that they're effectively competing with an or another organization, um, that that's a dangerous place to be because we start trying to serve that organization's mission and that organization's constituents instead of our own mission and our own constituents. And so I think that the research, um, and maybe not a barrier, but a best practice would be to know um, exactly what question are you trying to answer and why? And how is that pursuant to the goals that you have as an organization? And just staying really laser focused on that. It is easy to get distracted. It's easy to uh, maybe have ego uh, drive some of the decision making and, and to feel that you know competitive pressure. But I can absolutely tell you that the more focused we have become, uh, the more effective we have been and the better results we've had, uh, both from member engagement, satisfaction, and also growing top line revenue. So I think one of the takeaways here is that we have to be really focused, we have to be intentional, we have to be deliberate. And the more prep we have at the beginning of our research and the more clarity we have regarding why we're doing it, the better the results are gonna be. Jackie, what would you advise association professionals to be thinking about when it comes to market research? Either it's been a while since they've done it, or as you mentioned, perhaps they've never done it. What would you say to them? Sure. If you've never, whether you've never done it before or you, it's been a while since you've done it, um, the first thing I would recommend is making sure you have a plan 
and a team, somebody who can sponsor internally um, the the results of the data, thinking ahead to the end. Um, Mary, I know you've talked about it, and and I, I talk about it. Um, you have to you have to do something with the data, and you have to have a plan to do something with those recommendations. Um, the next thing I would recommend is take a look at your database. What do you have there? I know a lot of associations do research internally, whether it's with SurveyMonkey or little, um, I've seen paper surveys kind of given out at, a, at events and looking at what you've maybe collected in your AMS, getting kind of organized and understand what you already have is a great place to start. Those are, those are two, two things that I would, I would recommend before getting started with research. So as we uh, prepare to wrap up here, what you know, what advice would you each give to other association professionals when it just comes to the general topic of, of market research, thinking ahead maybe the next 18 months? And I think we have an opportunity here, you know, coming out of the pandemic, post-pandemic, I think there's some opportunity for market research as well. So Joe, I'm gonna start with you, last thoughts. Last thought, uh, find the money. Um, our board agreed to dip into its reserve right when the pandemic, uh, right before the pandemic hit, to pay for this. Um, and what we learned was we never actually had to. We made enough strides. We never really needed to dip into our reserve. But the question I finally asked myself was, how much would an organization be willing to pay to know the answers? Uh, and it's just so invaluable. So find the money, find the money, however you can find the money. And then the second thing I would say um, is be prepared to provide context. It's one thing to say we're going to get the data and then share it with our leadership. They don't have time to think about it. So when, when it comes to you as an executive director or a staff member, just know uh, it's going to be up to you to provide the context as to what all that data means, which is an opportunity to kind of steer direction sometimes in the way that you think that they should go. Volunteers are volunteers. So ultimately, it's going to come down to staff providing that context. Yeah, and you raise a great point there. We expect our boards to be intimately familiar with the results of the data. And the reality is they don't have the time. And no. it's also really not their job. It's staff's job to take that data and to help implement it because the board is about the what. So they create the vision. And then the staff is really about the implementation and the how. And, and since finding money is a topic, I, I think for many, many groups, I'm really, really pushing now that they have money in their budget every year for innovation. And if supporting some of that innovation is in market research, if you already have money earmarked for that, it just becomes part of your habit. And that's really what this is about, too, is creating habits going forward that support the work of innovation. Stephanie, last thoughts from you. Yeah, I would say um, definitely focus on your value proposition as an organization. I think it's really interesting, um, too. Um, I've been in conversations with boards before who have been really laser focused on their members and have said, we just, we just have to do whatever the members want. And my question is always, well, what do the people want who aren't your members? And what should we be doing to bring more people in? And how can we expand the pie instead of just focusing on the universe that we have? So I would say um, think big, think broad, and think about value for the constituents who are already in your universe and those that you want to attract and retain in the future. Um, I think that this uh, business of association management is only going to get more difficult in the future 
we um, have challenges that are significant, and uh, maybe that will be a topic of a future conversation, but they um, will present a lot of um, obstacles and uh, challenges in the future. So I think we have to start thinking much more um, like for-profit businesses while keeping the heart uh, and the spirit that a nonprofit uh, membership organization possesses, you know, really front of mind. So it's balancing both of those things, I think will be very important for nonprofit organizations to both uh, survive and to thrive in the future. Well said, Stephanie. I've talked to so many CEOs lately who've said the the business model actually of associations is obsolete. And that whole piece of giving members what they want or asking members what they want, it, members don't always know what they want. We didn't know that we couldn't live without a smartphone until we saw a smartphone. And so uh, even Steve Jobs said that that market research has its place, but his role was to keep innovating and giving people what they didn't know they need. And frankly, I think that's really an association's role too, is providing help for our members that they maybe don't know or can't visualize or are too busy uh, to, to be able to think about so Jackie, your last uh, words as we wrap up here. Absolutely. So the the topic of this live stream was the the importance of market research and innovation. And one of the the most important things to remember is to to look to have research that provides you with clarity and a, a course of action. Data for data's sake is just a bunch of numbers. And we find a lot of people have data, they collect data or or they try to do surveys, but when they get back, when they get it back, they are just bombarded with information and they don't know what to do with it. If you're conducting research, it is important to understand the impact that it's going to have not only on your association, but on your members and how to change and make changes uh, with focus that will have impact on your members and your association. Our recommendations usually focus on your messaging, your business model design, and your um, execution, how you perform usually either relative to competitive associations or um, just according to benchmarks and your own in internal where you'd like to be. So making sure that you you have a focus, that you're, you're using research um, to, to have that impact, whether it's financial or otherwise, um, you want to make sure that what you're doing ha has that purpose. Excellent point. There's nothing sadder to me than a strategic plan that ends up in a filing cabinet somewhere and there's uh, nothing as wasted as market research that isn't utilized. And, you know, Joe mentioned that there's going to be a lot of data there. I actually think that using it and responding to it is iterative. There's going to be some quick wins that you can use, but I encourage execs to go back after you get through those quick wins and dive deeper into the data because there are layers and layers of, of data in most cases. So uh, as we wrap up here, I just wanna thank uh, Joe, Stephanie, and Jackie for joining me here. I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. Mm -hmm.